This is about the contrast between uh, a party and a government that respects the rules, that respects the independence of our judicial system, uh, that appreciates the professionalism of our correctional services, and a party of ambulance-chasing politicians who are, quite frankly, demonstrating a contempt for the principles of law. That's how it sounded in the nation's capital. That is our prime minister. In case you didn't know, we opened the phones as we began the show together to get your feel on this story. Is the conservatives forced to vote on a motion to condemn the transfer of Tory Stafford's killer? She went, of course, to this healing lodge. That comment about ambulance chasers was aimed at conservative MP Lisa Raitt. And I would like to welcome this afternoon Lisa Raitt, deputy leader of the Conservatives and MP for Milton. Lisa Raitt, thank you for being with us. My pleasure, Arlene. Thanks. All right. When the Prime Minister said ambulance chasers, were you prepared for that? No, I wasn't. But um, I mean, I've heard the Prime Minister say different things along the lines of, of being critical before. And you can tell when he's about to get angry in the House of Commons and he's going to say something like that. I did think ambulance chaser. And if you, if you listen to it, he hesitates as he's looking for the appropriate word. And, and I think that's just what popped into his head. And um, once I heard it, though, I knew that I'd have to stand up and respond. But, you know, I wasn't going to I wasn't going to call him a name. There are so many different aspects. Let's talk about the motion and why it was important. It was a horrible crime. We've been taking calls this afternoon. Everyone has their personal memories of this. And Canadians have questions about it. And as politicians, the Conservatives had questions about it and wanted it rescinded. The Mm -hmm. Prime Minister seems to think that is not having respect for the rule of law. You know a little bit about the law, Lisa Raitt? What do you say? Well, if the rules of law are what caused this decision to happen the way it did, then it's up to the prime minister and his cabinet to change the law, because it's clear that Canadians disagree with the interpretation that the corrections official placed on it, because there's no way that Terry Lynn McClintock should be sitting in a facility that has no fences, has no bars, so early in her sentence. She's in jail for 25 years. She's eight years in. And she's going to be in a place that's meant for people who are approaching their 20th year end. What is the difference between the conservatives and the liberals? Is this, you think, a partisan way of looking at crime and punishment? I think it is a fundamental difference. And I don't know if it's partisan, but it is certainly one of the values that we hold uh, dear and we cherish in the conservative party is that we are definitely on the side of the victim. And we're definitely on the side of being tough on crime and tough on criminals. No question about that. That's been through all of our commentary and and all of our policy work over the past 15 years, and we're open about it. And on the Liberal side, they are, I don't know, the only thing that I can pick out, Arlene, on this one is their absolute desire to continuously bend over backwards to defer to the bureaucracy, that the bureaucracy gets it right every single time. And I have to tell you, they don't. And when they don't, it is the government's job to step in and fix the wrong. And constituents across the country are telling their MPs, They got it wrong. Fix this mess. You know, we've had a conversation across the country. We're looking at the notwithstanding clause. Same thing. Rule of law. Respect it. How does that tie in to this situation? Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, for me, the the importance of this case is there's an actual and tangible issue that needs to be dealt with. Um, And it's something that the government can do. Getting in discussions about the notwithstanding clause and how other provinces may be applying it is something the prime minister is going to have to deal with without a question. But 
But in contrast, if the law is the law and you have to implement it no matter if you like it or not, then, you know, the notwithstanding clause is a valid tool that can be utilized by these provinces, yet there's a lot of discussion and tut-tutting by the Prime Minister that they shouldn't. So why can't he say the same thing in this case, that although this is a law, it shouldn't be that way and we're going to fix it? We're looking at a lot of things these days, and I'm sure you are as well, in Ottawa and saying, is that going to manifest itself? Is that going to hang around? Is that going to be an issue in the next election? We know the Conservatives, as you've just mentioned, have really pushed very hard on a law and order agenda. The Liberals have a ball and chain around their ankle, and all parties do, but their ball and chain is hug-a-thug, and they've taken a lot of criticism there. Lisa Ray, do you think that this is going to be Become a concern in the next election? Is this an example that separates the two parties? I do. And I think what we saw in this one is that they laid down the marker and said they're going to defend the rights of the criminal um, over that, the rights of the victim's family. And I hate to put it as baldly as that, Arlene, but I truly believe that that's what they're saying in the way that they approached it. You know, back in 2002, a similar situation where a cop killer was being moved to a prison that Ontarians called Club Fed. Um, That was brought up to the then Cretchen government and the Solicitor General was Lawrence McCauley, who is now the Minister of Agriculture, and he stood in the House and he said, um, that prisoner has been moved out of Club Fed. And that was it. Issue was over. I don't understand why the Liberals didn't do this this time, because it was obviously something that they had the power to do instead of hiding behind technicalities of interpretation of statute. When we all know the minister can call the shot. Do you think we're going to learn more about this? I mean, Canadians are quite engaged. It was a horrible crime. As I said, when we began the show, I remember hearing the details, talking about them on the radio and really wishing I I didn't know them. And they come back to me sometimes and I try to get rid of it. It was a crime that affected really the whole country. Another loss of innocence and really, really a a horrible emotional crime, very similar to Paul Bernardo. Let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. We've got Terry Lynn McClintock. We have Carla Hamoka. Is this is this something? Have you learned any of the criteria for a healing lodge? Is the fact I know that that Carla Hamoka wasn't in a healing lodge? There's a lot of questions. There were pictures of her at parties in prison and a rehab situation. Is is this about gender and crime and punishment? Very good question. Um, And the the most recent example I think is one that's unfolding right now where. Um, the woman who murdered those seven senior citizens in the nursing homes has been moved out of a jail into a psychiatric hospital, even though she was found, she, you know, she pled not, uh, she pled guilty. She was found guilty of the crime and, and it didn't have to do with not being responsible for her actions, but now she's in a hospital in, outside of Montreal and she's enjoying the internet and she's enjoying activities and she's enjoying social time. And that has, again, the victim's family is wondering you know, it was only in 2014 when this happened. Why is this happening so soon that she seems to be getting this this privilege in terms of how she's going to be serving her time? So I do think, Eileen, that we're going to see more of these cases and more victims' families are going to be asking, um, what say do we have in this? Because we believe that we should have a say, that the loss that we suffered has been so great that we do want to make sure that somebody is punished for it. And that is part of our judicial system. Do we need something? I mean, in the next election, do we need a new law or are you good to go? Yeah, that's a, I think um, the one thing about our party and as we develop mm-hmm. our platform is we will definitely listen to what the grassroots are telling us. 
And certainly this has been something in the law and order agenda, which we will have for sure promises on in our campaign. But this is something that's really become an issue that's been brought to our attention and our MPs feel very strongly about what has happened. And even if it's a policy, as, as intuitively as it should already be there, I mean, if the policy was no child killer can go into a healing lodge until a certain period of time, I think Canadians would be okay with that. And I would have expected that Minister Goodale and Prime Minister Trudeau could have done that already. Let me ask you, the part of the irony here that we pointed out is the Prime Minister has pushed forward and said, you know, he wants Ottawa to become a much nicer place. Last week, you know, let's just remind him of Elbow Gate, uh, Peter Kent, who was Kent, called yeah. a piece of ass, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But it is a noble gesture to make things nicer and more respectful. And here we have this. Is it a bit rich for the Prime Minister, <laughs> Lisa Ray? Well, I, uh, my delivery of my question was calm, it was factual, and it wasn't, um, it wasn't provocative at all. And he may have not liked getting the question, but that's, that's the way it works in the House of Commons. The language he used in the House of Commons is unparliamentary. You don't, you don't go after the honorability of the member opposites. One of the, the key parts of sitting in that House is you're not allowed to call people liars, you're not allowed to say that they're frauds, you're not allowed to say that they're dishonorable, Ambulance chaser to a lawyer is a very dishonorable thing. It's an unethical lawyer. So he should retract his statement, and he hasn't. He refused to. Instead, he ran outside and decided to go plead his case to the press, I guess, that he felt justified in using the word, but the word itself breaks the rules. But that's the way this prime minister is. There's one rule for him and one rule for the rest of us, and he rises above it all. So this is just a pattern. We've seen it before. We saw it with ethical breaches, and we're seeing it once again. He... uh, he has his own path and the rest of us have to have to abide by looking after the rules. But we're not going to stop calling him on it and we're not going to stop bringing to his attention. And that, by the way, is not divisive politics. That is bringing to people's attention the fact that this government is not fulfilling the promises that they said they would fulfill for Canadians. Lisa Ray, thank you for joining us live. We appreciate it. Thanks, Harley. All right. Have a great evening. Lisa Raitt is the deputy leader of the Conservative Party of Canada, MP for Milton. I'm Arlene Bunn, and here for John Oakley.